On today's episode of Hardwood Hot Takes, we are discussing a bit of an up-and-down week for Tennessee, as well as a, a really a week with a lot of parity in college basketball in general, and we're going to get into all of that in just a second. All right, Hardwood Hot Takes, episode 14. Uh, seems seems kind of crazy that we're we're 14 weeks into the college basketball season. I guess 13 weeks because we recorded one a week before it started. So 13 weeks in the college basketball season. But still, this would be like if, if, if this was college football, all the games would be played already. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um, anyways, a, a bit of a rough week for Tennessee, to, to say the least. You know, there, there is technically a ranked win in in the column uh for Tennessee this week however that was not a pretty ranked win this these were two pretty uh rough looking games going to get to those in a second i do just want to quickly open up and, and and talk about the ap poll a little bit as as we like to do when when there's some significant changes and this week is, is a little different um purdue still sits at the top um th- despite a loss this week which we'll we'll get into later um, they they accrue 38 of those first place bo- votes, but uh, unlike last week, there are some other teams receiving those votes. Houston went 22, and then Alabama and Arizona both uh, getting a vote. I think this is the right decision, even uh, with the Purdue loss. Uh, they, they've been you know leaps and bounds better, I think, than Houston, despite having the same record. Their their quality of of wins and strength of schedule is just so much better that. Houston's, you know, win against Temple and whoever else they played this week aren't aren't enough to to push them ahead of a one and one week for Purdue. So I think that's that's the right thing. Um, Alabama up to three; they were at four before. Uh, sure, I I think if some other teams have been winning more, they get punished a lot more for for their loss in the Big Twelve Challenge. But nonetheless, Arizona and Texas surging back up. Tennessee down to six. I thought that's kind of where we would be. I actually thought five was the floor. Um, I didn't think they'd drop us before Texas. We have the same record. Um, we both beat a ranked team this week, and we have the head-to-head matchup against them. What are you guys' thoughts on you know the, the Purdue versus Houston and then also Tennessee versus Texas here? With the, Purdue, with the Purdue versus Houston, that one definitely makes a lot of sense to me. Houston, I'm never going to be hot on just because you can't really judge a team that's not playing great teams week to week, especially if their wins are just, they're, they're good wins. They're just not phenomenally impressive wins, I feel like. So I, I'm good with Purdue being at the top. As far as the Tennessee-Texas ordeal goes, though, I can understand completely where they're coming from because Tennessee had a really rough offensive week and right now Tennessee probably doesn't look like the better team just with what has happened but Tennessee has the head-to-head so it's really hard for me to agree with the fact that Texas is ahead of us right now yeah I'm feeling the same way about Tennessee and Texas and Purdue Houston because you know we talk all about recency bias with college basketball but the thing is that Tennessee only beat Texas nine days ago it's not like that happened in December or something so um, yeah, not entirely sure why that is, but I'm completely behind Purdue being ahead of Houston because Houston to me just looks like a second coming of Gonzaga right now, where they just kind of go through the whole season and don't play anybody except one or two uh, good teams there toward the beginning of the season. And I think Purdue definitely deserves to be ahead of them. 
Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to kind of draw everyone's attention to something. So, you know, let me set set the mood, set the tone. So uh, college football championship weekend is, has just happened. Uh, all the events have unfolded, and we're ready to see our, our top four be revealed. It goes as planned. We see Georgia. We see TCU. We see Michigan. Then we see the five and six spots. We see Alabama at five. We see Tennessee at six. They haven't learned. Alabama is at five. Tennessee is at six. Alabama is 11 and 2. Tennessee is 11 and 2. Texas is at 5. Tennessee is at 6. Texas is 19 and 4. Tennessee is 19 and 4. Tennessee beat Alabama. Tennessee beat Texas. This is the exact same situation. How, how does this happen? There's just a real hatred in the national media for Tennessee, to be completely honest. Uh, it's very bizarre how much it really happens there's there's people that have started to love us as we've won but it's been a very common theme for people to be very down on Tennessee and I just it's it's strange it's one of the most passionate fan bases in the country it's one of the most storied programs at least in football of all time and people just love to hate Tennessee they love to just put Tennessee down and not be hot on us, and it's it's really starting to get old. Yeah, and and for the for the uh, I guess what, what would you guys want to call them the poll nerds out there? Is that what they would they would go I by? Guess like we'll the, so. so the poll nerds will, would you know? And I'm gonna talk to the poll nerds here for a second. I understand how the poll works. If you guys don't, so the AP poll has 62 voters, um, and then each of those voters rank teams one through 25. If you're in first place, you're obviously getting the most points. If you're voting them in 25th place. They're getting the least points. If they're not ranked, they're not getting any points. Kind of similar to what I did in that Excel sheet earlier on in the season. So it's not like people are like writing, you know, it's not like everyone's writing down, all right, Texas 5, Tennessee 6. It's just like there's probably what really happened is more people had Tennessee dropping a lot lower than 6. And some people had Texas jumping higher than 5 to maybe 4 or 3 because they really haven't had like as bad of a loss as maybe in Arizona or in Alabama has. So like I doubt there's that many polls where it's actually Texas five, Tennessee six, but still it's just it's just kind of funny to see this exact yeah, same situation. Je- Jeff Goodman is the college basketball equivalent of Mike Berardino in this situation. Yeah, with like AP voters. Like like they, they just hate Tennessee. There's there some yeah. people who put like Tennessee. you know, you'll see some ballots where there's a team that's maybe they're ranked number two in the AP poll, but then one dude had him rank like 23. That always happens. Um, some other interesting notes. AP poll. Uh, Rutgers breaks in, beats Michigan State. We'll get into that later. Um, rough week for them. Uh, Tucker mentioned this before the show. NC State ranked number 22. And for the first time, and I, I got zero stats in front of me, but I would guess many years, NC State is ranked in both Duke and North Carolina are not. So some, some Raleigh, you know, shout out. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, pride in the AP poll over the the two quote unquote blue bloods, um, and and speaking of the blue bloods, we definitely did not preview that game last week. Um, yeah, but but they're not ranked. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna lie and say that was out of spite, but I definitely just <laughs> we, did not think we, about it. We didn't think about ranked. it at all. We, we only preview yeah. relevant teams. Yeah. we don't preview bottom feeders. Fair enough. Um, you gotta be ranked to make our show. <laughs> Duke is the second team out with 87 votes. Auburn, third team out. Um, Charleston, who we mentioned, kind of got knocked out yeah, there. They, they lost to somebody else, too, this week. I think maybe Drexel was who they yeah. lost to. They're, so still, they're, they're still getting some votes. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Who's we, giving Kentucky a single vote, though, and who's giving Utah State, too? What's going <laughs> on there? Utah State's, uh, Utah State's not, not bad, though. They're not really that good, though. They're really not. And then uh, we, I, I was kind of correct here in the whole – 
Clemson Miami game. Uh, it's kind of lose loser leaves town for the AP poll for this kind of ACC dominance and. Miami wins it in, I believe, is the highest-ranked ACC team right now. Are they other than Virginia? Sorry, other than Virginia. Yeah. Behind, it's Virginia, then them, then NC State are the only three in the AP poll. Virginia also lost this week. Yep. They did. Um, I kind of wanted to po- point out Marquette, too. They've climbed yeah. all the way to 10. They jumped four spots uh, in the AP poll this week. Yeah. I, I've been really impressed with them this season. They had a bit of a rough start, but they've looked really consistent in big games, and they've shown up a lot. They're my team to watch in the tournament, I think. Yeah, Texas is probably uh, wishing they would have kept Shaka and not Chris Beard. But uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Anyways, let's get into some of these games we just alluded to. Um, going to kind of do this a little differently, make it a little more free-flowing and, and kind of less formulaic here. So we'll still start off with Tennessee, though, because I think that's that's kind of always the, the top of mind for us. And, and we'll kind of talk about both games a little bit here. So a loss to Florida, 67-54 on the road. Um, and then a win against Auburn, 46-43, a rough game. I think this is just a week where Tennessee could not shoot the ball for some reason. Obviously, Florida shooting in the 20s and then in, in both field goals and three-point percentage. And then this Auburn game, I think the teams combined for, God knows, like three for 40 from three, some ridiculous, horrible stat like that. It was bad. Um, these were kind of just two games where – Tennessee played this kind of ugly defensive kind of slow game, just get things done like they like to. And one of them, their defense was able to contain the other team despite their offense. And the Florida game, the, the defense was just kind of getting punished a little bit more, and, and that's how kind of Florida won that game. And I think part of this, you know, we actually talked about this um, a little bit on our, our, our radio show on Friday, Tucker, was – you know, Florida was a team that, that was scoring um, a lot on these kind of fast break buckets, and, and that was kind of not allowing Tennessee to get, get set in their defense, and, and that's why they weren't able to keep Florida down there. That, that wasn't really the case with Auburn. Auburn was, was kind of running more of a slow game as well, and Auburn just couldn't hit a shot either, so our defense didn't even have to work that hard. Um, yeah, they, these were two uh, ugly kind of – defensive games that that Tennessee's going to get into but uh, I don't know if you gain a lot of confidence for Tennessee down the stretch from either of these games yeah it was just not a pretty looking week at all for Tennessee I mean obviously 54 at Auburn is not a great number then you go you come back home and you play even worse on offense put up just 46 points but yet you find a way to win the game which is just bizarre Uh, so not really sure what to make of Tennessee right now on the offensive end but we do know that they are strong on the defensive end and, you know, I, I think part of it, it with the offense is the shots, it, it really is about the shots not going down. It's not like there's a lack of effort or anything on the offensive end because you look at the offensive rebounds in both of these games for Tennessee, uh, the Vols had 18 down there at Florida and 15 at home against Auburn. So there is effort there for sure on the offensive end. It's just when will the shots start falling, I think, is the big question people are asking. Yeah, yeah, and the biggest disappointment for me, I feel like, in the – Florida game is just the fact that we did come back and then we didn't finish the job that's that's what really stuck out to me there is the fact that our team was able to get back in the game and then just blow it all away again which was really disappointing and the key stat for me in that one too is just we had 20 more shots than Florida total and we still just could not hit any of them yeah and that's kind of what I said like this game was just a 
we can't hit a shot game. Like, yeah. And, and I, you know, we, we kind of talked about this. Again, I, <laughs> we, we talked about this earlier, um, but Tennessee is a team that, that kind of preys on, on being in the set defense, like I mentioned, but Florida was able to get out in those fast breaks. So this team is, is a team that is, is built to hold teams low scores, but they can't really do that when they miss a million shots. And, and that's obviously, like you mentioned, kind of the big issue. You're not going to win very many games when you shoot in the 20s from, from three. But with that being said, Tennessee is not going to do that very often. Yeah, That doesn't happen. So I think you lose this Florida game because you played uncharacteristically. You mm-hmm. took a lot of shots and missed a lot of shots, and you had to play in this kind of you know less formal defense, and your defense gave up more points than it normally does. So that was a very uncharacteristic game for Tennessee. I think I'd be more worried if Tennessee lost a game where they did all the things they characteristically do and still lost. This wasn't the mm-hmm. case. We did kind of the opposite of what we normally do, and we lost. So I think that's just more get back to your game plan, and you'll be okay. Yeah, and another thing, too, to look at there is with the whole fast break ordeal, just I feel like good offense breeds good defense. And so it's a lot harder for our guys to stop them, even on the yeah. fast break, when we're not getting any buckets. There's just no motivation to get back on the defensive end and then – with boards on the defensive end for Florida, they just have way more ability to get down the court fast because they're flying off the rim. Yeah, and I think the the last thing we want to talk about here, got to mention it, kind of the, the call at the end of the game, definitely a little bit decisive on Twitter. I think, you know, we may be in a little bit of a bubble here and, and seeing more takes from, from people in the, the Tennessee sphere, so we may be a little biased. I, I don't know, man. Drew Oldham was blowing up for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I think for from the net, from a national media standpoint, the the consensus seemed to be, hey, that was a foul, and I agree. I mean, he crowded the shooter, although the shooter was coming forward. So did Nkamwa, Kamwa. So I think by the letter of the law, it's a foul, but just the way this game is being played, I, I don't think that was a call that he was going to get necessarily. And if, if that had happened, you know, whatever, on a random shot early in the game, probably no one says anything about it, but it's just, you know, it happened at the buzzer as a last shot. So it's going to get criticized, and, and that was that was probably a missed call there, right? Yeah, I, I think you can definitely say that that should have been called, especially considering the one that got called against Auburn earlier. But I would also consider the fact that that kind of foul is called way differently in college than it is the NBA. There's a lot of people who watch NBA games and think it's going to be called one way, but in college, they do not protect the shooter's space nearly as much as they do in the NBA. There's a lot of times where you're watching a college game and you see players try and go down to get those fouls, and they almost never get them. Yeah, and I think there's one other important thing we've got to remember here about Wendell Green in this game, too. He, yeah. had, been, he had been called for one uh, earlier in the game. Uh, it, well, I forget who it was called on exactly, but he was fouled earlier in the game and they called it. There was another time in the game where he tried – but he sold too much, and the refs called him for a flop, which is, of course, now a Class B technical. In this situation, you know, when when you leg hug a guy, I think you're trying a little too hard yeah. to sell it. So mm-hmm. I think Wendell had kind of lost a little bit of favor in the eyes of the officials just because of that foul or the flop that he had earlier. And then doing that, I don't really think helped him out very much. And then I think the other thing is that, you know, the refs, 
we're really doing everybody in TVA a favor. I mean, I don't I don't know if I really wanted to see that game continue. Did you guys? No, not at all. Although it was fun in the arena. I had a really good time at that game, just being loud and whatnot. And it was fun to have a competitive defensive battle to a degree, but there were just too many shots that were being missed. With Wendell Green, too, I also like the fact that he was complaining at the refs on Twitter. What what college athlete does that? That's so, I don't know, man. That's just a bit much for me. Yeah, so a little bit of a decisive end, but I think we all agree that game kind of needed to end there, and it's, it's a bit of a destructive foul, so didn't get called, um, and, and it kind of is what it is, you know. There, there's obviously the argument that, okay, well, may, what if he made three threes and then they went into overtime? Get, I think if it was like a tied game or if it, like we were winning by one and you hit that, it'd be a lot bigger deal, but it is what it is. Um, if, if you're Auburn fan or you are on the Auburn team, I could see some anger there. Um, next up, I think the other kind of big spectacle game, Duke UNC, again, I mentioned earlier, we, we kind of <laughs> skipped this past week, um, but, it, but it actually ended up being a good game and and i tuned in to kind of the end of that one duke wins 63 57 um first win against carolina in the john shire area after the john shire era (laughs) after losing uh back-to-back games last season in coach k's final game and cameron as well as in the final four so carolina had a had a big leg up going into this one but but duke prevails here in a, in a matchup where neither teams are ranked, which does not happen very often. Yeah, it's always a strange time when you see neither of these teams ranked, which we probably haven't seen for uh, maybe any of our lifetimes. Well, I, I want to say in 2021, North Carolina got in as an eight seed into the tournament and Duke didn't make it. So maybe there was something there. I, yeah. I forget. But, you know, you had games canceled too. So I don't, And also, do we really count yeah. that season? That's part of it. I mean, if you do the math there, that probably puts Carolina around, what, like the 24, 25. So maybe they were still ranked. Maybe. But. Yeah, UNC was just getting no help off the bench from that game, too. Uh, the only bench points they had were Puff Johnson with three, Jalen Washington with two. Just not, not the my best guy, Puff. Yeah. <laughs> I love Puff, but I don't I don't know what happened. You also love game. Hubert Davis. Uh, not anymore. The, yeah. The, no, no. <laughs> Hubert, uh, Hubert Davis and I were, were sworn enemies now. He did me dirty. He, I believed in him, and he let me down. It's uh, it's kind of a disappointed father, lousy son relationship. Yeah, that's that's a real shame. But I feel like people thought Puff was going to be a lot better because obviously I did too. his brother's yeah. you know, in the NBA, and he's, his name is Puff. Yeah, and yeah he he's like a, a fun f- player to watch. But that has yeah. not been the case. It, um, one other thing I want to mention about this game, too, uh, on the Duke side, Derek Lively was just a perfect uh, example of why or how you can affect a game without scoring. He didn't have, he didn't have, but I think four points in this game, but guy had 14 rebounds, eight blocks. That is a monstrous day on the defensive end. So a big reason why that Duke got this game done. Yeah, I mean, you love to see it. The The big men never get enough love when they're just doing their job and not putting up points. I mean, I, I always like to go to Rudy Gobert in the NBA because he has been a defensive icon, especially being a Utah Jazz fan. And everyone is really harsh on the guy, even though he does what he's supposed to. Is uh, is Hubert Davis still ahead of John Shire in your power rankings? Uh, that was many, many moons ago, man. Head-to-head <laughs> he, head head says otherwise. I, I am not a Shire denier. I, I love Shire, and I think he's a lot better than Hubert Davis right now. But, I mean, All hey, right, quick timeout. Top five coaches right now, go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, give me Rick Barnes, number one. Why not? <laughs> 
Now, Rick Barnes can't be number one, but, oh, man, I, you got to have Matt Painter at number one right now. And then I think you can really go anywhere from there. I would probably put Rick Barnes too. It's not it's not his fault that the team is missing shots. You can't you can't really coach that. That's not something you can really affect. Three spot, give me maybe Tommy Lloyd. I don't know. Arizona's looked really good. Uh oh man. And then I don't know who Marquette's coach is actually, but Shaka. Shaka. We just okay. talked about this. Uh, my bad. Uh, but I've really liked what he's done with the program over there and just uh, being able to have a smaller team like that do so well always speaks a lot to me. So he's got to be my number four spot. Number five, oh man, uh, I can't even think right now. Probably Bill Self. Bill Self is still a very good coach, even though his team is on the backslide right now. Agreed. Uh, a lot of Kelvin Sampson disrespect, but we can uh, we can blow over that. Anyways, uh, staying in the ACC, uh Couple big ACC games this week. We'll go Virginia Tech uh, losing or Virginia Tech beating Virginia seventy four sixty eight. Virginia been on a bit of a hot streak. It's, it's kind of looked like the clear best team in the ACC. I think that's still the case, but a loss to Virginia Tech is is a tough one. Yeah, it's it's just a weird conference right now in the ACC because you had Clemson get to the top of the conference, start the year off hot. They've of course gone down, and then it kind of opened up the door for Virginia with the other blue bloods being down. But now Virginia loses this game to Virginia Tech and. You know, I, th- I think Virginia Tech's a better team than their record shows. They've had a lot of really, really close losses in conference plays, so I think they were due for a big win. But it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top in the ACC. We just don't know right now. Yeah, the ACC is all over the place, and especially with rivalry games, you never know what's going to happen, and that's that's a big part of what happened here, I think, is just a rival team playing another in-state team. You usually have a really good environment. You have a good time, and... Sean Padula just showed up big for Virginia Tech here with 22 points. The kid looked phenomenal. Yeah, and while we're in the ACC, I'll hit kind of one more ACC team, and then I, I want to talk about some some maybe ACC news controversy. Um, we'll talk about Clemson. Uh, they lose to Miami, but they beat uh, – or they lose to Miami, sorry, and they lose to Boston College. Two losses for Clemson. Uh, kind of talk about just kind of this, this little downfall for them as, as well as, as the big win for Miami. Yeah, I, I think Clemson, you don't fall out necessarily if you lose to Miami and beat Boston College. But losing to Boston College, I feel like automatically takes anybody out of the AP yeah. poll because Boston College has just not been relevant. In so I feel long. like even if Boston College is ranked, like you just see somebody loses yeah, no. to Boston College and your brain is tough yeah. to no. say that's like, oh, that's a good yeah. lot. And, and yeah. I, I just don't think, I think Clemson will Unless be. Unless we're talking about like ice hockey. Then yeah. Maybe yeah. You can. <laughs> yeah. I think Clemson will be a tournament team in the end, but they're just a bit of a mess right now. Speaking of ice hockey, do you, know, you know Michigan State is the only team to win a championship in hockey, football, and basketball ever? Really? I, did, I did not know that, but I mean, uh, what if we win a championship in water polo? Do do people care? Hockey is probably the I, okay. <laughs> no, I love hockey. I'm I just think, messing with you. Well, what, this was a debate because this this was like a graphic. It was like it was like a Venn diagram thing, and like the guy who made it was obviously from the north. What do you think? So obviously football, basketball, number one, number two. What do you think the third is? Because I think if you ask people up north, their answer is hockey. If you ask people down here, the answer is baseball. For college, I think for in, college, okay. I think in general the MLB is bigger than in the NHL. But there's a lot of college teams up north that don't have D1 baseball programs. There's a lot of colleges down here that don't have D1 hockey. That's true. I think I'd honestly have to agree with you. I can't really think of any other college sport that gains much traction besides obviously football, basketball, and then uh, either hockey or baseball. It's they seem to be the two niche sports that I think get a lot of the, attention. The argument for hockey is. 
a lot of times the best hockey players that go to the NHL play in NCAA hockey. They play for Notre Dame. They play for Michigan. That's they play for Minnesota. The okay, hold on. The that's four of the top ten picks from last year's NHL draft all played at Michigan. So I don't know if that's untrue. Okay, we well, okay. You're talking about other countries, yeah, yeah. I get that. Uh, well, not necessarily just that, but a lot of times U18 it, teams. Yeah, no, I it, I know the arguments, it, but okay. I, my sorry, my point here. If you're a first round, ba- if you're like a number one baseball pick, you are almost never going to play college baseball because you're going to get a million dollars, millions of dollars right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you see that in hockey too, though. In Canada, they have a way more. They have a very different system where people are yeah. playing like semi-pro at in high school age. It's it, hockey's really weird when it comes to the draft. And I would a lot of there's I would a lot say of young guys. worldwide hockey's probably bigger than baseball, but college sports definitely. Top I I actually don't know about that because you think about the the Americas and then uh, Japan. yeah, Asia, ba- I guess, baseball's huge in Japan. It's true. Europe, I feel like though for hockey, especially Eastern Europe, is is a lot. You're, I mean, Russia is like one of the biggest countries. It's, I mean, so is China. So tough argument. Anyways, um, back to this uh, Miami and Clemson. Talk about Clemson a little bit. Tough week for them. Miami gets their big win and is, has kind of so, secured their spot as number two team in the ACC behind Virginia, and they're close in their tail, especially this Virginia loss. Where are we at on a Miami team that, that made a good run last year and, and is looking to kind of uh, do the same again? I think they're just very quiet right now. You know, they can, they can probably blow up in March if they want to. I mean, just hanging down there near the bottom of the AP poll is honestly not a bad spot to be because yeah. if you don't have that attention and that spotlight on you in the regular season, then – the, the door is very open for possibilities in the postseason, I feel like. I'm honestly still not too hot on them, even though I like your take on them right now. I think they are a team that has the potential to blow up and do well in the tournament. Uh, really, every team is in their own right. But Miami, I'm still just not too hot on them because the fact that they play in a very weak ACC right now. If this conference was a bit tougher, I'd have a lot more respect for them. But I still, I'm just not sold on them when they're playing these kinds of teams every week. It's... It's not the most tantalizing resume to me. Yeah. Um, some ACC knows a, a quote from a coach, uh, not from Miami's coach Jim Larenga, but from his uh, doppelganger in Jim Bayheim. Oh, boy. This is an awful place we're in in college basketball, Bayheim said. Pittsburgh bought a team. Okay, fine. My big donor talks about it, but he didn't give anyone any money. Nothing. Not one guy. Our guys make like 20 grand. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. It's like, really, this is where we are at. That's really where we are, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, he goes on to apologize. Some other coaches make some quotes. Uh, Steve Forbes of Wake Forest says, he's wrong. He's 1,000% wrong. I have a player on my team that got NIL to come here. That's a fact. I've never had a player come here for NIL. Blah, blah, blah. People obviously disagreeing with him. Um, he's obviously generally in the wrong here. What do we think about this? Yeah, that, it kind of gives me a, uh, it gives me the vibe of a guy that just, you know, it may not be around in college basketball much longer because he doesn't enjoy the state it's in. And, you know, there's there's just – Syracuse just does not have the uh, shine that it used to have as a program. So, um, yeah, I, I I think he's just upset with things because he's a traditionalist and he, he just may not be around much longer because he just – doesn't seem to enjoy it anymore. He's also not getting the best. He's not giving the best interviews right now either. Yeah. I don't know if either of you guys saw uh, him go off on that student reporter 
at Syracuse and called the he called like the entire Syracuse journalism department out and was saying that oh this is so typical of uh, a student journalist here at Syracuse. <laughs> so I, that guy has to go pretty soon, and uh, it's it's very emblematic of just how times are changing in college athletics. And I, I always relate it back to football, and I think of historically great coaches. Uh, in my I have a bit of a crazy take on it, but I think that Nick Saban can't really su- survive in the NIL era either. I think that these historically great programs, they did things so differently that now everything's out in the open. It's such a different landscape that they just cannot keep up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably part of the reason that, that Krzyzewski and, and Williams and, and Azo probably will be soon. Some of these older guys are just starting to get phased out because, you know, they're recruiting so much different and, you know, these guys, you know, they have to start dealing with social media yep. and recruiting through, you know, these different programs, which, you know, not only aren't things they're used to, to coaching with, but they probably just don't, you know, understand at all. I mean, Jim Mayheim's 78 years old. He was born during World War II. Like, <laughs> that, that's all you need to say. I mean, these older guys, it's just tough. I get it. But th- that's a, it's a bad soundbite. There are people his age in retirement homes. <laughs> there are people his age dead. Like, literally, I mean, <laughs> there's people at every age dead. I, well, that's true, but you know what yeah. I mean. There, I, I know. There are a lot mean. of people who aren't making it to 78. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about. I would say the biggest upset of this week, and we kind of alluded to it earlier. Indiana beats Purdue 79-74. Uh, Purdue takes their second loss. Uh, at this point, both their losses are, are ranked, so still not a bad loss on on their resume. Um, what do we think about this one? I know. You know, when we were talking about it uh, this past week, we were kind of mentioning um, the the matchup between Trace Jackson Davis and and Zach Eady and and kind of how that would affect the game. Um, what did you guys think about this one, and and where do you think the storylines, you know, really ended up kind of being at? I just felt like that if Purdue wasn't going to lose that game, when were they going to lose a game? Because you get a ranked opponent on the road that is. A bit lower in the rankings, but they've been building themselves up lately. They've finally been getting those big wins, and it just felt like it was ripe at the time, and they got it done there, and I, I don't think you can be too upset with this loss if you're Purdue. I mean, it's a tough loss on the road against a rival who is ranked, so... And you stay at number one in the poll. Yeah, and, and I so don't, not too much lost. There. I don't know what complaints you really have, right? Like mm-hmm. Zach Eady still scores thirty three points and gets yeah. eighteen rebounds. Yeah. You got everything you wanted him. Fletcher Lawyer is a decent game. Some of those other guards didn't have as good of a game as they usually did, but they still shot the ball decently well. Still thirty yeah, three percent from. You didn't three. have Mason Gillis going nine of twelve from three. Yeah, I would say decent pr- bench production too. Probably the thing you're most disappointed about is you let Trace Jackson Davis score twenty five points. Yeah, but that's just kind of what he does. Though. Exactly. I mean, he so I think that's the what team. I'm saying. That yeah. your your only complaint could be you let their other star player be a star player, yeah. which but but what I'm saying is they face teams where they've shut down star players, so mm-hmm. that's kind of the reason they lost. But it's you know it's a it, better sh- better shooting from the field, I would say, from Indiana just in general, and and being a little bit more efficient, uh, but but not by that much. I think what thirty for fifty seven versus twenty nine for fifty seven, so literally one. So I guess not. I'm trying to find like. You know, it, it, this it's, game. It, watch it. I watched the end of this game, and it, it felt just kind of close back and forth, and and India and the end, it kind of just uh, edged them out in the end. And you know, I'm kind of looking at this box score, trying to tell a story through a box score, but I don't really think you can with this game. Turnovers would be the one thing they doubled them up in turnovers, but again, in the game, to me, it didn't feel like 
you know, Indiana had this huge turnover advantage. It just kind of flowed in a way where they were close and, and Indiana kind of had a little bit more more clutch in the end. You know, they, they do have a guy in Trace Jackson Davis who you can just give the ball and say do your own thing at the end of the game where Purdue, although against Michigan State, Zach Eady did make the play to win the game, but he's not, you know, handling the ball. So I think that's kind of my, my takeaway there. I think the big story here is just Indiana winning off the back of a massive first half. They they scored yeah, 50. 15 point lead at the half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they had so. 50 and Purdue had 35, and they were just able to. They were, I think they just outgridded them in the second half, and they were able to just barely hold on to that lead and ride it out to the end. I I think it's not necessarily. It is a bit clutch, but it's not necessarily down to the clutch. I think it's more so down to the fact that this team was able to just play good fundamental basketball towards the end and make sure not to make too many mistakes and that's where Purdue gets beat is all the mistakes in the first half just defensively and not being able to slow that Indiana team down and you're playing against a rival in a storied venue so Indiana's of course going to come out super hot I think Purdue just somehow was not expecting it for sure um staying in the big 10 uh there wasn't really much else i will uh touch on on michigan state here a little bit um kind of alluded to it earlier with the uh with the loss to rutgers um and i think that was their only game this week did we purdue did we talk about purdue last week or no i think we i did. think we did yeah, we yeah did. So, that was a sunday game yep yeah so we talked about purdue was this i feel like it was no i guess it was sunday anyways Talked about Purdue. Um, tough loss uh, to Purdue. Yeah, it was a Sunday game, right? Um, and then Saturday this week uh, in Madison Square Garden, big environment, kind of cool game to watch. Um, always cool when you get kind of one of these conference games, not at someone's like own arena. I always think that's interesting. So we were out there in Madison Square Garden, a 61-55 to win for Rutgers. Um, this was one where Michigan State, you know, Looked okay in the first half. They had the lead, but this was kind of similar, especially in the first half to that Tennessee game where it was just a little ugly offensively. Um, they kind of battled back and forth, uh, you know, throughout this uh, this second half, but uh, but but Rutgers ends up pulling away, outscoring Michigan State by 12 in the second half to win by six. Um, I'll kind of just give my piece, and you guys can, can give some thoughts if you want. I just – for me, it, it just felt like Michigan State just could not hit shots down the stretch, and we we kept kind of inching back into, oh, we can make this a one-possession game, and then Rutgers go down and make a shot, and we go miss some turnaround jumper. We, we couldn't, you know, really find the guy to, to, to bring us back into it at the end of the game, and, and Tyson Walker, who the past couple of games has been able to do that, but he just wasn't really hitting the shots as much today. Still 12 points, but not a great game for him. Um, Malik Hall did well on the boards and, and had a great game in general, so it's, it's good to see him getting back out there. But, yeah, like I said, just kind of couldn't pull yourself back into the end of it and, and defense let up and let Rutgers score way too many points in the second half. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. A, a tough loss, but, you know, this is a team where I feel like we, we keep losing games where I just don't even get that mag. It's like, yeah, we could have won. Like, I look through this and I see, okay, Rutgers, we lost by six. We were in at the end of the game. Purdue, the second Purdue game was one where, you know, okay, we got our, you know, we got our ass kicked, but Iowa, we win. Indiana was probably another one we lose, but there's just a lot of games on here where I feel like we could have won. This is just a team that, that feels like they can do something big. And, and I, let me say this, actually. I feel like it's the opposite of Tennessee, right? Tennessee wins most of their games. But there's a lot of games I walk away dissatisfied, like, yeah, we won that, but 
it was pretty ugly and we should have beat that team out more. I feel like Michigan State's the opposite where we lost that, but we were right there and we can change one thing and win this game. Yeah, and I think another thing you have to point out in the Rutgers game too is Michigan State sent them to the line 34 times. Yes, that's uh, – I didn't even look at the box score, but yeah, that's – I feel like I definitely noticed that because I think in the first half I remember it was like, you know, we were we were beating them and we had like – I think we were we had we were twelve or we were ten for twelve from uh few few from the free throw line and they were twelve for twenty two so they had shot in more than double our our or double our free throw shots but only had two more than us so we sent them line that many they actually weren't shooting that well but we sent them to line a million times yeah you're right yeah it's it's I've noticed so consistently when we've been looking at all these box scores for different games that the team that goes to the line more often seems to win. And that's not that's not just the garbage time shots where they're fouling intentionally. It, a lot of times they're leading by a good margin. So I think in college basketball, drawing the foul is mm-hmm. a really important part of the game. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you look at that box score, you're like, oh, they shot 20 more free throws. You know, this was a ref show or, you know, rigged or, you know, whatever you want to say. But that's not really always the case. A lot of times just how aggressive are you down low? Because mm-hmm. if you're just jacking up a million threes, you're not going to shoot a lot of free throws. Like in mm-hmm. – I would bet, I have no idea, I would bet the Tennessee-Auburn game there are not a lot of free throws because that game just kind of got loose. People were shucking up a lot of jump shots. There was you know, not a lot of paint play going on in that Auburn game. Yeah, I, I just think that Michigan State is a tough team. I think they will find their way into the tournament. I think both of these teams are very tough outs no matter when you play them. But it just stinks that Michigan State couldn't come up with this one because this does seem like a game that favors their style a little bit more, that kind of low-scoring low 60s, high 50s affair that they can win. They've shown that they can win, but they just couldn't get it done there. But, Keegan, I think you're right about not being too disappointed with this one because Rutgers, I believe, is still number two in the Big Ten standings, only behind Purdue. And, of course, they did beat Purdue as well. So Yeah, I think it was like if they lost this game, and this speaks to the Big Ten, they would have dropped to like six or seven, and Michigan State would have jumped up to three or four, and said now Michigan State's in like the bottom third, and Purdue and Rutgers is now like number two. So it just shows kind of how you know, other than Purdue, the Big Ten's even, and and that's kind of reflected in in just like some of these uh, these tournament polls and and stuff. Like if you look, I got I just pulled up Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Uh, Big Ten has the most uh, has the most teams in. Uh, in the tournament, according to him, despite only having what one, despite only having three teams ranked, they have by far the most in the tournament. So, and I think the Big Twelve is kind of in a similar spot. Those are the two where there's just like kind of a lot of parity in the middle. Um, but speaking of the Big Twelve, we can get to that. We talked about Texas a little bit earlier and kind of them bouncing back into the top five, it, despite us disagreeing with that. They did have a good week beating Baylor 76-71, to 71, and then also beating Kansas State 69-66. So two big wins for them, and, and they definitely deservedly jumped up. Again, over us, that's an argument that we don't really need to continue to have. Um, but two big wins for Texas, uh, both on the road or one? One was one at on home. the road, one Baylor at home. was at home. Uh, but, yeah, two big wins for Texas here. Yeah, I think you take those wins for sure, obviously, because it got you up to number nah, five. No, I don't want nah, to take them. Nah. I'd now, rather lose those However... <laughs> They are going. They are going to Kansas tonight. We'll see how that okay. goes. So, we'll see if the success is just temporary here. But overall, it's a good win. I mean, I feel they, like back to back top ten wins is tough to call temporary. But it was in one week. Yeah, it, but the Big Twelve, you just don't know because it's just a, a crazy division right now. And 
it was a good revenge win for them on the road, especially considering that bizarre game they had earlier in Austin where they got beat by Kansas State. Uh, but, you know, Marquise Noel just did not have a great game for Kansas State, and mm-hmm. that's what cost him there. I mean, I hate to say it, Don, but, you know, 0-5 from 3 is just not going to get the job done, is it? Yeah, my guy just could not get it done there, and that's that's what ended up being the downfall because that's a team that really does run so much through Marquise Noel and play just off his back. Anytime he has a good game, the rest of the team just rallies around that kid, and they have a phenomenal game. Was was the octagon of delight this time around? <laughs> I guess so, but Texas, they did look good in both these games, and they were able to get good production out of their main guys like Timmy Allen. And I I think that Texas just needed a good rebound after the Tennessee loss because the, the offense of Texas is what makes them good, and so getting shut down against a team like Tennessee can be really demoralizing. So this is a week they really needed. Yeah, if we want to go guy off, I think I win the guy off this week. Boo Booey 23-8-4 against Michigan, despite a loss. Boo Booey is a bigger guy than your guys. <laughs> for <laughs> now. For it. now. Well, we got we to gotta pull up their heights, too. The my, purple my, my guy might be a little bit bigger than your guy. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, actually. I think Boo Booey's a little bit bigger. Okay, I'm pulling this up. I'm pulling it up. All right, Marquise Noel height. You guys talk about something while I get this figured out. <laughs> All right. Um, I d- well, but we're going to get back to the uh, Big 12 in a second. I did. I, I missed when we were talking about Indiana earlier. They did lose to Maryland um, 66-55, so that's kind of a weird loss. Yeah, I don't think Maryland's bad necessarily. They're not in the, you know, even in the middle of the Big 10 right now. They're hovering just above all those teams like Ohio State, Nebraska, and Minnesota that are just not tournament teams, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's something there with Maryland. They could be a decent team. Maryland they shouldn't start, even be in the Big Ten. They so. start, yeah, they really shouldn't. They should still be in the ACC. They started off the year very nice, but, you know, since Big Ten plays rolled around, it's just looked rough for them. And this is a good win for them. Make no mistake of that. But I don't really know if this necessarily indicates that they are improving. Maryland is on a four-game win streak. Yeah, I guess I kind of just have a sour who, taste in my mouth. Who did they after play that, this weekend? After that Tennessee game. I mean, they did come back when they played us, but that game was just, they looked ugly in that game. And then after that, they lost like three more, and then we kind of stopped talking about them. Um, some more Big 12 stuff. Uh, Texas, yeah, Maryland beat Minnesota this weekend. That's not a good win. No. Uh, Texas Tech beats Iowa State 80-77, and you said this is the largest comeback in school history? Yes, that's correct. How many points did they come back by? 23 in the second half. Ten there minutes go. to go in the second wow. half, too. And they came back and did it. Shout out Texas Tech. Shout out uh, Mark Adams. Mark Adams. I guess they, they yeah. right now they're, are. They're better than we thought they they're, were. They're currently the winner yeah. of the Chris Beard uh, trade. It's well, not really a trade. I, I, don't, but I don't think any there's any way Texas Tech can lose that. Yeah, at this point, yeah. And getting back to you guys, Marquise Noel's 5'8", Boo Boo, he's 6'2". So yeah, I was going to say. You, you win the guy off for now. Well if, you found, well, if you found out that your guy was 5'8", did you really even need to look up Boo Booey's height? Like, you think <laughs> you think I would pick a guy who was 5'8"? I mean, uh, you got guys like Muggsy Bogues. I, think it's, <laughs> I, I don't think you can be a fan of someone who's smaller than you. I feel like that's hard to do. What? <laughs> I think you can. I'm a Muggsy Bogues fan. He he's not very big. Like, uh, okay, Spud, it's Spud kinda, Webb. It's like Spud those, Webb. It's like the people make those arguments like, hey, if you're a forty year old man, you can't wear a jersey of a guy who's younger than you. What do you think about those arguments? I think those are lame too. You can, you can wear whatever you want, man. Like fair enough. 
I, I think that fans should be able to get into it, and you can recognize the absurdity of it and still enjoy it. I, It's fair to bring it up. I'm not making that statement. I'm yeah. saying Hardos would make that statement. Yeah. Um, uh, Two more thing or two yeah two more things in the Big Twelve here. Let's kind of just stick there because I feel like a lot of these Big Twelve teams are running together in my mind because they've all been in this like eight to fifteen range up and down and beating each other. It's it's a little tough to keep track of, especially when I I try to watch some of these Big Twelve games and more often than not they are not on television because the Big Twelve's ridiculous television contract where they put every game on ESPN Plus. I do pay for ESPN Plus. But I'm way more likely to turn on the ESPN game that has like the A broadcast and announcers mm-hmm. and go for the Big 12 stream, um, especially because the ESPN app stinks. Um, yep. Especially the TV version. I'm going to rant for Lockhorn this Network. for a second. I don't know if you guys have had this issue. For me, the ESPN app on my TV, the audio is messed up. This is this is definitely an ESPN app issue because it's perfectly fine on like Netflix, Hulu, like everything else. It's only the ESPN app. Every other type of TV, it's it's perfectly normal. When I go on the ESPN app, like the announcers' mouths are not synced up. That's true. It's not synced up. Yeah, Same thing with YouTube TV too. There's something wrong with it. Yeah. So I feel like if you're a television sports broadcasting company, your television sports broadcast should be a little better. Um. Anyways, I always get bad streams with ESPN too. Every time I've yeah. watched on the ESPN app, it feels like the broadcast but, is in. But here's 480p. the thing. So when I watch. ESPN channel on like Hulu TV or regular TV is probably fine. Yeah, exactly. But native app stinks. Um, and but Disney Plus is good, and Hulu is owned by Disney. Is Hulu and ESPN are owned by the same company? Whole weird thing. Disney's taking over the world. There's too many streaming <laughs> services. Um, but I pay for all of them because I need it. Uh, Iowa State beats Kansas, 68-53. Kansas continues their slide. It's been rough for Kansas this past month. There is one simple explanation for this game, and it is that. Iowa State, let, Iowa State let Jalen Wilson get his and shut everybody else down. He had 26 in this game. Kansas scored 53 points. That's all you got to look at. It's really just smart basketball it from is. Iowa State because oftentimes you you see this matchup kind of happen where the team has one guy and you can let him get his and still win. It's It's a very great all-around team performance from Iowa State. And then that Hilton Magic you like to talk about, yeah, Tucker. It was it, there. It was there without a doubt. They always have a great crowd. And I saw the videos of their tent set up at like 1 in the morning, the night before. It's like negative 20 degrees or whatever in the middle of Iowa. I mean, uh, I could never do that. I don't care what game it is. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and and, and with this win, um, Iowa State jumps to, to number 11 and Kansas drops only to 9. Um, surprise! Only one spot drop, but I guess it'd be kind of tough to drop them below Marquette. But I, do you guys think Iowa State would deserve a spot above Kansas after after this one? I, I don't think so. I think Iowa State needs to play a couple more games. Yeah. They haven't played as many games as Kansas right now. If they get up to the same number of wins, I think they do deserve the spot over Kansas. They just need to catch up game wise. John Rothstein's top ten does have Iowa State in the top ten, though not above Kansas. How John Rothstein? That's how we know John Rothstein's our guy. He's got Tennessee 5 and Texas 6. So he's Good man. Little, Smart he's a little man. more rational. Um, all right, last uh, Big 12 game. Then we got some some more miscellaneous stuff here, uh, including a, a pretty shocking win for one team. Uh, Oklahoma State beats TCU 79-73. This is just more into kind of the parody of this. TCU has been a team that's jumped up in the top 10, fell back down, and, and kind of everybody's beaten everybody in this league. Uh, 
this is a game, if you're TCU, you, you don't really want to lose because there's not many teams in the Big 12 that aren't that great, and I think Oklahoma State's probably one of the few, so I feel like those are the games that you kind of got to win. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, they look like they've improved I'm not this saying year. they're a bad team. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. there's so many good teams. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State's near the bottom. But you you gotta, gotta you got to take those. advantage of it. I understand where you're coming from there. Okay, State's getting ready to put on an NIT master class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but TCU is still down a couple people. I mean, Eddie Lampkin and Mike Miles being out, they really hurt uh, the team chemistry right now. And just what Miles can do, just passing the ball, be, being a distributor and being a scorer for that matter, uh, it, it really hurts this team a lot. And I think Oklahoma State's coming up a little bit from where they were uh, after that whole uh, self-imposed postseason ban that they had last year. So they're getting better, but TCU has got to find a way to turn the ship around. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to in the Big 12 as well is just the home environments are really helping teams out. And a lot of these upsets are coming from the team's home court advantage, I feel. Uh, I just think that the Big 12 has really good crowds, and it's playing a big role with this league. Yeah, and Oklahoma State's in a weird spot in general, I feel like, because they, they kind of sold their soul for one guy and then didn't even end up getting to play in the postseason that year, so it seemed kind of worthless. Like, they took on his brother as an assistant and, like, definitely <laughs> spent a lot of resources on, on getting Cade Cunningham there, and it, you know, gave him a decent regular season. Yeah, probably, they, they lost to what, who, Oklahoma, or Oregon State in the yeah. round of 32 that year? Did they? I thought they they did. they did make the tournament that year. It was last year. It was last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, Cunningham, Cunningham was, was on the Pistons by then. You're yeah. Right. Um. Anyways, uh, we got uh over in the Big East. Xavier beats Providence, eighty-five, eighty-three. These are. Again, we talked about Marquette. I think Marquette's kind of snuck up on us because I think Xavier and. Uh, and uh, and Providence were kind of the two teams that, that we were talking about as, as being the best teams right now, and this was kind of a battle for who that best team was. But then uh, Marquette sneaks their way up, and it might be them right now and not Xavier. Yeah, this was an excellent game. Xavier got up early on in the game, but Providence was able to eat their way back into it. And, you know, I, I, I firmly believe Xavier is still the best team right now. They – I believe beat Marquette earlier in the season. They may still have to play each other down the stretch. That'll tell us who the real winner is, I guess, in the regular season. But yeah, I'm still behind Xavier as the best team in the Big East right now. I don't. I'm looking back at the schedule for Xavier right now. I don't think they've played Mark. Oh no, they did play Marquette. They played them January 15th, and they won by a score of 80 to 76. I do really like this Xavier team, though. I. Th- I really think the top three in the Big East are some of the best in the country right now. It's just the fact that they're playing in the Big East that they're not ranked any higher. They don't have a ton of cupcake matchups right now. They've had to play each other uh, a lot, and they've come up against a lot of really good teams. They're they're really good. I mean, Xavier, they had three guys who started who went over 20 points. Providence had two guys who started that went over 20 points, and then they had Devin Carter put up 15 points to add to that. This was a really good game all around for all players, the entire teams. I There's not a lot of negative to take away from this game for either team, I feel like, besides maybe some defensive stuff. For sure. And we got two more games to get to, one much more important than the other. But we want to mention quickly, UAB beats uh, Florida Atlantic 86-77. Uh, another kind of mid-major team who was making some noise falls down. Yeah, it's not like UAB's a bad team either. I mean, they made the tournament last year. Jelly Walker still plays for them. 
Uh, they got a couple guys too out of the SEC that are doing well right now. So I think UAB is tough. I thought I think the top of the conference USA is a tough. Uh, it's a it's a tough go right now. I still think Florida Atlantic is without a doubt the best team in that conference. They just got to keep winning down the stretch. For sure. And it's just another, it, it is disappointing to me because the mid-majors are really falling flat this year despite the level of parity in college basketball. If if there was a year for mid-major teams to be good and make a run in the regular season polls, this would be it because all they have to do is win out their, you know, rather easier conferences. It's just no one's been able to do it anywhere. All right, it's time. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the funeral of Gonzaga. Gonzaga loses to number 18 St. Mary's. Gonzaga now has two regular season losses, one of those not to St. Mary's. Uh, it is an overtime loss, so not horrible, but Gonzaga losing to St. Mary's. They drop to, what, uh, 16 in the AP poll, first time. Behind Gonzaga in a very long time. Gonzaga or first time behind St. Mary's in a very long time. Gonzaga is nineteen and five, um, and and I think they are officially dead and officially out of the conversation for a top seed, which has not happened in a very long time. It feels like every year they get to their conference tournament, and it's kind of like, well, if they win it, like we have to give them a one seed because they're you know thirty two and one. That's not going to be the case this year. Gonzaga is going to be fighting for like a five seed. Yeah, I'd like to congratulate the Zags on now with those rankings being the worst four seed in the tournament. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> they've been in quite some time. Uh, but yeah, St. Mary's is a good team. We always know that this is going to be a tough game, no matter when they play them or where they play them. And the Gales got it done. Yeah, we we may have just figured out what Gales were last week, but they got it done. You know those Irish people? They just those Gaelic people, the, the, the luck able, of the Irish, man. They're able to get it done when it matters, I guess. But, I mean, I guess you just got to call this the end of the Lynn Sanity run that Gonzaga went on because you would have never expected this school to be any good, being from Spokane, Washington. I mean, people call it Spokompton. It's not It's not that great of a place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Is it even a school? Do we know if it's a school? Oh, I've gotten the Jimmy Kimmel Is Gonzaga a Real School rabbit hole many times and... I, I'm definitely on the might not be a real school train. Um, <laughs> yeah. But obviously I'm, I'm praying on their downfall a little bit here. And I think probably the bigger story is, is in Gonzaga is, is Gonzaga bad, but should we be talking about say is St. Mary's good? Is, I, th- I, I think they're respectable. So. But, but so here's for me and full transparency here. Couldn't tell you the name of a player in St. Mary's. That's that's the issue for me. Well, right no, now. my issue is I can't tell you the name of a player on Loyola Marymount, and they beat Gonzaga in in, in Spokane. I think that's the worst. Well, one. I'm just saying more for yeah. St. Mary's sake of me like championing them as a good team. I just, I mean, it's probably my fault just because I haven't really watched much St. Mary's basketball. But like, I don't think they have a star unless I'm missing. Is there is there a guy in St. Mary's that I should be like tuned into? Aiden Mahaney's pretty good. Is he like a? Oh, I mean, what? It, Tell he, me sa- he sounds Irish. Uh, the Gales got a Gale <laughs> on their team, I guess. Yep, I, I, I don't know anything about them. I'm looking over their schedule, though, and uh, trying to get the best gauge on them from that. They've lost games back in November to Washington and New Mexico. New Mexico's been a good team. They've fallen yep. out of favor lately, though. They've also lost to Houston. They lost Houston 53-48. to uh, one of their other impressive wins, they beat San Diego State 68-61. San Diego State's now 25, but they also lost Colorado State 62-60. Colorado State's really 
not been that great this season. Uh, I have not been terribly impressed with them. They have been a lot better in past seasons. Uh, fun fact. And they about, weren't good enough past season to let us play them instead of Michigan, though. Yeah. Fun fact about Colorado State, though. I actually know a kid on that team uh, who did go to my high school briefly before transferring to a school that gave him actually good athletic opportunities. <laughs> and, and how did that play out? He, I don't think he's seen the court at all, <laughs> but it is cool. Better athletic opportunities, huh? Yeah. I I mean, he, he got on to Colorado State. That's pretty good, uh, making D1, but I really don't know too much about the guy. I just That's probably the only high school athlete from my school that I that I know who's done anything, really, athletically. We, we're no athletic school. We have a good soccer team, but I don't, I don't pay attention to college soccer. I love soccer, but college soccer is not it whatsoever soccer is more of a performing art than a sport anyway yeah it really <laughs> Whoa. is it all really right is. uh let's do some predictions and then uh i don't know if we have anything at the end we'll we'll see but might do predictions and then get out of here start off with, with some stuff happening during the week this week um duke miami uh i think a bigger matchup now than it would have been kind of thinking about it last week because duke gets this big win over carolina miami gets their big win over clemson and we kind of got a clash of you could argue second and third best teams in the ACC. I would say Duke's definitely the second. Duke's probably the most talented team, but you could argue second or third best team in the ACC right now, especially with that win over uh, UNC. So Duke heading on the road against Miami. Can they get the job done against Isaiah Wong and and the boys? I think Duke does. I, I like Duke in this matchup just because, again, I don't really think Miami – they just they just don't have too many wins that have impressed me terribly. And I, I just like Shire a little bit. I feel like I am a little bit partial to first-year head coaches. I really like seeing them succeed. And so I, I'm taking Duke to get this one done just with the talent level that they have and the fact that Miami has been a little bit shaky and inconsistent in big games at times. I'm not feeling that because Duke took down Miami earlier this year in a very close game up in Durham. It was a great game. But the thing is, with that game being in Miami – you know they're going to come out with a vengeance because they're upset by what happened up in Durham. So I like the Canes here, and I think something is going to be Wong for Duke. <laughs> yeah, g- g- give me give me Wong and the boys. Um, yep. All right, Texas at Kansas tonight. Uh, this is probably the game of the week, so we got a little front-heavy week. Game of the week here on Monday probably partially due to not many big games being this weekend, Super Bowl stuff. A lot of people move stuff around. Like I know there's, there's a show I watch that comes out on Sundays. Uh, I don't know if you got like HBO shows. They always come out on Sunday nights. They push that to Friday because they're like, we're not messing with the Super Bowl. <laughs> What's you watching, Keegan? Uh, the, it's the, the Last of Us. Have you, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. I, uh, obviously, video game. I, I played the video game yeah. a bit. Uh, I've watched the first two episodes. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I've liked it so far. Um, but, yeah, so everyone kind of moves away from the Super Bowl, so not a ton of big games this week. And there are a few, but I think they're probably all on Saturday. So that's why this week's a little bit light, and we're kind of probably going to get some more marquee games during the weekdays. And we're getting the biggest one tonight, Texas at Kansas. Kansas surprisingly two games back behind Texas despite being ranked higher in most polls, but that's kind of their uh, non-conference stuff propping them up. Obviously, Tennessee being their only non-conference loss. This one is in Lawrence, Kansas, in the fog. What do we think? I I'm really I'm really divided on this one to be honest because Kansas has been on a skid lately, and it's it's not been the most consistent of skids. They haven't lost a ton back to back, but they have been sliding out of favor. 
And Texas, they they bounced back so hard last week. I think that momentum is going to carry them in the fog, and I think they're going to be able to get it done, despite the, despite the Big 12 having some of the best home environments and pushing teams to yeah. win at home. I think that Texas gets it done. And I think that's what I was going to ask is, you know, Kansas is on like a skid. Obviously, the three-game loss is bad, but now they're kind of just trading wins for losses. And is it more just we have these high expectations for Kansas? Because in the past, they've kind of just dominated the Big 12, and they were at a point where they literally won – the regular season and tournament championship almost every year. And, and now for the first time in a long time, they have some consistent competition, you know, up and down the league table where it's like, you know, I think in the, in the big 10 most years, if you lose five or six conference games, it's not a big of a deal because it's a conference that beats each other up. But the big 12 in the past was not a conference that always did that. So now it's kind of something new where we're just used to Kansas beating up on these teams. So it's, is, is this an overreaction or is Kansas really kind of in a tough spot? I'm going rock chalk here. I don't think they're. they're you didn't answer my question. Hold on, you didn't answer my question. I I posed a question. I know I was posing that question <laughs> as a statement, but I wanted a response to that. I need I, a response. I don't think they're falling off. I think I think they're going to be a team that you know maybe gets to the second weekend. I don't think they're yeah. just legitimately falling off. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's an overreaction to say that Kansas would lose this game, but I, I'm not arguing that they've fallen off completely. I just think that. They, they're they not hot anymore. And to succeed in the Big 12 right now, you have to be really hot. And I, I'm just, I don't think that Kansas has that momentum with them right now. And they need a get-back game against a little bit easier competition, perhaps. Because Jalen Wilson's been great, but the rest of their guys, I don't the think. The easier really, competition in number five, Texas? I, I'm saying after Texas. Oh, okay. I'm not saying, I was saying this game gotcha, is gotcha, not, gotcha, not gotcha. the one. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I, I think Kansas wins this game. Um, I think Big 12 is yeah. a league right now where you have to win these home games because you're not going to win very many road and, games. And I think part of this is, too, is that Kansas has already had their one big home loss of the season against TCU. They don't tend to lose many games at home, it's true. if ever. So I don't I don't know how you can go against that. You know Even what, though Texas did have one of the most historic wins at Kansas back when they had Kevin Durant. You know what Kansas does um, at home that helps them win these games is they, they let they let their students uh, get past behind the basket. They let them get you know kind of closer to the sideline and yeah. in spots where they can like cheer and see the game. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that seems really weird and kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's doesn't, not doesn't Kansas have like donors that deserve to be sitting courtside? No, and no, no, no. So, belong, so like, actually. Tennessee is the only school that has donors. Every other school, they just get okay. their money from tuition, so that's why they give the students priority. Tennessee is the only school that has donors. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Marquette at UConn. Um, UConn, again, a team, we mention this every week, has just been one of the most up-in-town teams, up to number four, down out of the rankings, back in. They're just all over the place. Marquette surging. Even on the road, I like Marquette here. Shaka Smart is building something special in, in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Give me Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, man. I, I've loved Marquette this season. They've really impressed me with just the caliber of games they've won. They've lost. I, I don't think you can use that joke with the coach or a player is not named Mark. If you can find a player or coach named Mark on the team, I'm okay <laughs> with that joke. Mark with a Q doesn't Marky work. Marky with a Q. Yeah, Mark with a Q doesn't work there. Mar- Marquette Ket in the funky bunch I, I don't, I doesn't, I don't, doesn't have the same I role i don't know where you go there um, yeah the, we i mean we got to yeah. come up with some kind of slogan for these guys because i do really like them uh marquette's just looked really solid in all the big games that they've played and they've been able to pull off consistent wins in them so i i don't doubt marquette at all in this one i really think that this one they're just gonna win like i feel like the others i feel like shaka is a very easy name shaka to like, yeah like shaka right like that's something you could yeah workshop shaka here shaka Ab- absolutely oh that's actually good yeah there you go. I, I'm on the same page.
page as you guys here for once. I, I don't think Marquette's going to lose at UConn because UConn has been sliding so hard lately. So they UConn really needs to find a way back, but I don't think they're going to do it against Marquette. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. <laughs> Gross. Um, <Yeah. laughs> I'm good on this one. Uh Texas A&M at home. Give me Texas A&M. Sure, why not? I don't. I don't like Auburn right now. They have. They looked horrible against us, and we still beat them. Uh, and we looked horrible too, and we still beat them. But yeah, give me, give me Tamu. Yeah, I think this one is just going to be a gritty battle uh, between Texas A&M and Arkansas. But I like A&M to come out in a game, perhaps in the fifties, maybe. If, I kind of like if that. that. If that, I if mean, that, yeah, we, we could see a th- we could see a soccer score here. Realistically, uh, I mean, a soccer score, yeah, like three two. I think that Bruce Pearl might sub himself in at some point to give him uh, at least one free throw. I think I think he can do that. Perhaps. Um, hold on, I, my computer died, so we're we're oh repoing up the the list. All right, we, uh, we got TCU at Kansas State, uh, two ranked teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, that's not really an anomaly, though. There's a lot of lot of ranked <laughs> Big 12 matchups here. Uh, TCU heading on the road to Kansas State. Kansas State lost last week to um, Texas, and TCU... They lost to they, Oklahoma State. They lost to Oklahoma State. So the two teams coming off losses. Again, I think Big 12 is a thing where your home wins are things you need to protect, and I think Kansas State's a team that does that against TCU and, and wins here. Marquise Noel, you better not let me down, man. I, I trust you to get it done here against TCU. I Kansas State has been a very, very good team. A lot of purple in this game. There is. There's a lot of purple. And I mean there's hypnotodes, there's wild cats, a whole lot of whole lot of wildlife, whole lot of wild things. Boo, going boo on. Boo Booey could probably show up to this game in his uniform. <laughs> yeah, he is a wild cat. Color. He is a wild cat. <laughs> a purple wild cat as yes. well. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we can see the no, Marquise Noel and Boo Booey link up here to is, drop a fifty piece. Is there a cor- is there a correlation between purple and wild like why are multiple wildcat teams purple? Well, is Kentucky there, and Arizona are not purple. Well they're blue blue and purple are like cousins because well, they're both yeah, lame and we can talk about how arizona is weird too because they got the bear down slogan despite yeah, the fact don't, that don't really know how that works i mean i don't that, know if you guys are familiar with primary colors but blue and red of arizona make purple oh whoa well where's the red we kentucky some, that's the only question color magic kentucky's a red state Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. Possibly. Maybe that's why it works that way. I don't there, know. There's a lot of magic going on with L- these L- wildcats. Lots, lots of purple nonsense. Uh, I, I like the Kansas State Wildcats to get it done in the Octagon of Doom for sure in this game because uh, you had – TCU's in a bit of a slump right now, I guess. I mean, they had two back-to-back Saturday losses on the road. They, of course, lost to Oklahoma State, like we mentioned, and then Mississippi State before that, who's you know just kind of a gritty team. So – and there's a revenge factor there as well for Kansas State. So I like the Wildcats in this one to get it done in the Octagon of Doom. All right, next one here. Um, I'm calling my shot on this game. NC State at Virginia goes on the road, hands Virginia a second loss in a row. NC State beats Virginia and works their way into the top 15 after losing almost everyone in the offseason. People calling for Coach Keats to get fired. Traquavion Smith in the pack are are coming in hot. Give me NC State on the road in Charlottesville. Let's go. I'm gonna let the uh, listeners at home know. Keegan stood up to give that take. He's that confident in that. So I I don't know if I can go against that. The Raleigh man claiming that NC State's gonna win. The I orange th- tube inhibited 
or we have a, a new cord management system in here that is is kind of tying me down with these headphones. Yeah, so I feel it's tied me. Stand, it's tied me down too. It's, it's tough. It's not been the most I ideal mean, it's, it's, in the well, podcast it's, it's room right now. It's just the yeah. the we, we the do ar- a smaller table. It's the it's the argument of um of function versus like looks. The the cord management looks great, but uh, but for function purposes, it is not as as uh, if user friendly. If we're talking function versus looks too, we can definitely talk about Virginia basketball because that's a team that does not play the most pretty of basketball, but they do win. So now that you say that, I feel like I do have to go with Virginia. Well, if you're a fan of defensive scheming, then it's very beautiful basketball. Yeah, I. Fun fact about this game: I actually saw these two play in 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 Charlottesville in 2018, I believe, when the uh, it was the UMBC year. That's how I remember that game. Virginia won it by 17. I don't think it's quite the same result, but I do like Virginia to get it done in a tough one. Turquavion, I think, had a rough game on Saturday. I wouldn't expect him to get too much better against a very tough Virginia team. Are you at a Virginia and NC State game? I know a guy that works up there in their sports information department. There you go. Um, yep. All right, some games this weekend, like I mentioned, a little lighter this weekend because not a lot of teams are playing on Sunday, I would not think, um, due to the Super Bowl, but we still got some decent games. Got uh, uh, You can't call it the Iron Bowl because it's not the Iron Bowl, but the teams that participate in the Iron Bowl are playing in a basketball match. Um, Alabama and Auburn. Auburn plays horrible basketball. Alabama obviously, obviously had a bad game. But they score a million points. Auburn cannot keep up with Alabama in the slightest. Alabama in a, in a route here. How can Auburn recreate the kick six in basketball? What sequence of events would even equate to that? Um, probably something. Do we do we remember? I don't know. Four or five years back, uh, Colin Sexton, Alabama. The entire team except for four players yep. gets ejected. Yep. They would need that <laughs> to happen for them to win this game. And even then, I I. As much as I love Auburn at home in literally any sport, they have great fans. I you have to take Bama here. There's no way Auburn gets it done. Wendell Green Jr. is a bum, and they have just looked miserable. I unlike Keegan, I think this will be a close game, but I'm going to take Bama to win it no matter what. I just don't think that Auburn has you know enough to just hang with Alabama. I just think the talent on that end of the floor is just way way superior to what they have at Auburn right now. For sure. Um, Clemson at UNC, we kind of talked about the inverse of this matchup. The the winners of the kind of the two big ACC games last week are playing in Duke and Miami, and the losers are also playing here in Clemson and UNC. This one's in Chapel Hill. I, I don't think Carolina drops this one. I'll take the Tar Heels. I, I have to go with Hubert Davis on this one. As much as I hate to say it, I, I just can't see UNC losing at home to a Clemson team that has – they were ranked – but I don't know if they ever looked too phenomenal. They had some really good games. It's just I think it's a matter of a team getting hot for a while at the right time and winning some games and not actually being the best of teams. I think UNC wins this one. I like a competitive game, but I will side with Hubert Davis here. Not really. A, I don't really have a great reason for why, but um, I, I just think Clemson has run into a bit of a rough patch. UConn at Creighton. Um, Creighton was a team. They're in the poll now. The people were very high on earlier in the season, kind of fell off, and have climbed way back a little bit. They are very capable of beating UConn, especially at home. I will take the Blue Jays. Definitely give me credit. They have a lot of tall guys who look like villains, and I would be scared if I saw a basketball team. (laughs) They got a bunch of of white guys who can shoot and dunk. 
<laughs> there's nothing more terrifying than a bunch of corn-fed white boys from Nebraska who can score. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I just I can't see Creighton losing this one. Uh, UConn's been way too inconsistent. I don't know if I go as far as can't see. What was that? <laughs> I, I can see him losing it. I just, I don't see him losing it in this scenario. I, I think that UConn's been way too inconsistent, and I like Creighton in this one. Uh, uh, I just don't like UConn right now at all. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that sentiment. I don't like the direction UConn's trending again. I'm going to go with Creighton to win this one. I just think the pieces are there for them to succeed in the long run. I think they could make a run potentially in the Big East tournament and scare some people in March. Baylor TCU another Big Twelve matchup. I should probably just stop saying that because it seems like everyone is in the Big Twelve. Uh, I'm kind of just going to stick to form here. TCU is at home. I think TCU wins this game. TCU's at home. Uh, Tucker, what's the injury status on those boys? Uh, as far as I know, it's not looking great at the moment. They haven't been back lately. So if if Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin return, you know, maybe there's something there. I think they definitely win if they have their boys. I just I think Baylor wins it if they're without them because TCU has been slip sliding without their main guys. So I don't think I can pick TCU to win this one without knowing that they're going to be healthy. Yeah, I am feeling Baylor to win this one. Yeah, I'm feeling Baylor right now just because of those injuries. Now, if Lampkin and Mike Miles do make their return, then I think TCU has a much better shot to win this game at home. But right now I just don't see it. Uh, Duke of Virginia, I think you could argue if, if you didn't think Kansas TC or Kansas uh, Texas was the biggest game. This is probably one with, with kind of uh, consequential consequences in the ACC. <laughs> Duke on the road against uh, Virginia. Virginia has a chance here to, to kind of lose two games tough games against uh, two of the the triangle teams. What do we think happens here? For whatever reason, I feel like this one will be quite close. I think that Duke's style of basketball lends itself to be able to compete with a team like Virginia. Um, I don't have a lot of thought behind that, honestly. It's just a gut feeling. And I'm going to take the Blue Devils. I think that Duke's going to start cooking here late in the season. Yeah, I, I like the Blue Devils in this one for some reason. I think it's going to be a very ugly game, maybe similar to what we saw in uh, Tobacco Road this weekend, but I I do like Duke here for some reason. I think Filipowski will have his way inside for whatever reason. I don't really have a great idea why. Is it Filipowski or Flipowski? It's Filipowski. Because I saw some signs at the game where they were doing like kind of like a, a flip-the-switch type thing with his name. Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Filipowski. Philo- yeah, it <laughs> is. They, I guess the the fans aren't uh, aren't uh, name linguistic experts. Um, number one team is in action against my guy Boo Booey in Northwestern. Unfortunately, Boo Booey is not seven foot four and cannot guard uh, Zach Eady, so I'll take Purdue on the road here. I'm definitely taking Purdue too. They're gonna they're gonna get back and they're gonna do it in a big way, especially against a team like Northwestern. Despite the fact that they're purple and Wildcats, even my crystal ball can't predict uh, Northwestern winning this one. I've got Purdue escaping here. I think Northwestern plays a very good game, but I think Purdue wins this one no matter what. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk some Tennessee predictions for this next week? Tennessee does have two games this week. I don't know if we want to talk about Tennessee or not, but no, we want to talk about them. But yeah, that's we're a, we're obligated to yeah, talk was, about yeah. them here. I was thinking they might be a team we wanted to talk about, so I, I did. You know, I did look into that. Um, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Uh, we beat Vanderbilt earlier in the season. 
a little closer than we want it to be. Vanderbilt even had a lead at the half. What do we think happens here? I think that Tennessee gets it done more emphatically. I think that Vanderbilt competing with us uh, at home was a lot it was a difficult game and I think that it motivates the players way more to get back and win a big one just because of the dynamic of Tennessee and Vanderbilt. There's such a little brother school that you really just want to put them down after they come even close to winning against you. Yeah. I'm liking Tennessee here because Vanderbilt is not in a good situation at all right now. There's just a lot of weird comments being made about Jerry stack by Jerry Stackhouse about the program. I mean, like there's just like we're, we had a scheduled loss, at Alabama, like what was it really scheduled, or did you just not show up? I mean, what happened there? And then talking about weird sushi places in Tuscaloosa that were somehow uh, superstitiously against you for some reason, and then maybe the odds are stacked against some, Mr. Stackhouse. Perhaps I don't know. And then there's all these weird rumors that someone in his family or Jerry himself has a burner to go at Vanderbilt fans on Twitter. I <laughs> I don't get it. Th- things are getting really weird there. How can there even be drama at Vandy when and, no one cares about got, the program? You got Vandy fans calling for his job. It, it's just not a good-looking situation right now for Vanderbilt. So I think Tennessee can take advantage of that. Which five Vanderbilt fans do you talk to? Because I know there's, I know at this <laughs> point there's probably close to 10, but you can only ever talk to five of them at I, a time. I know one that goes to Auburn but still roots for Vanderbilt. <laughs> Won't give up his Vanderbilt. <laughs> that's miserable oh man and he goes to auburn too it's not much better um it's a little bit better not much these days it's still better it's better but it's more miserable because the expectations are way higher at vandy at least you're like oh i'm so happy we got our one win this year at, at auburn you're like oh man we didn't go to the national championship and we only got like five wins this is miserable pure misery um, you guys are kind of glossing over my thoughts here. I, I feel a little unheard, um, <laughs> but I think that's because you thought that I wasn't going to do anything here. Uh, however, you'd be wrong. I think uh, Vanderbilt gets its first win over Tennessee. What? In uh, in, St- in Stackhouse's era, give me Vanderbilt. They looked really good against us. They seem to have figured us out at home. I think he wants this win really bad. <laughs> Give me Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. I'm actually being I, – I feel like Tennessee is due to lose a game. Vanderbilt wants as bad. I'm not necessarily predicting, oh, my, I think Tennessee's really going to lose, but I think this is a tough game, and I could very much see Tennessee losing Keegan, this game. I was, you sounded, I was in middle school the last time that Vanderbilt beat Tennessee in basketball. You sounded about – They've won more recently in football against Tennessee than their basketball team has. It's true, and you sounded about as excited as the average Vanderbilt crowd right there. I, th- I yeah, think- you sounded like a bell meter there. <laughs> well, I'm, I, w- I would not be I would not be particularly excited about a Tennessee loss to Vanderbilt, but I just feel like something bad is going to happen to this team. I don't I don't think it happens against Vandy. That's the one team it does not happen against. Florida, I, Florida. I didn't want to say nothing, but I had the slightest of gut feelings that maybe it could go wrong just because it's Florida. We don't have a good history with Florida. Um, but this is not one where it happens. Fair enough. Uh, the other game, Missouri coming to town, Thomson Boylan Arena. This one, Tennessee will not lose. I think Tennessee can handle Missouri pretty easily. I'd like to see some better offense in this game. Yeah, we need to see better offense out of Tennessee in this one, and I think that's what we should probably focus on more is just what we kind of want to see out of this team, although we all know it's offense. That's that's really the only yeah. complaint anyone has with this team. So. Tennessee presents as a hard team to talk about right now, honestly, because of the fact that all you can say is we need to make more shots. We need to have better offense. Our defense looks great. We need to have better offense. It 
it's the same talking points over and over. And so it's really hard to be a fan right now to a degree because you just want the team to do so well. And they just can't get it figured out on offense right now. They can't make their shots. We need to see it happen against Mizzou. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Mizzou is if they're not hitting their three-point shots, it's not going to be a good day for them. And this Tennessee team defends the three very well, as we know. Yep. And I think they're going to do that in this game. And they're a little small. They play small ball for sure at Mizzou. Uh, they got one guy that comes off the bench that can get double-digit rebounds for them. But overall, they just don't have that guy that can consistently get in there and get the boards. And defensively, they're not—they're not the best defensive team either. I mean, they could steal a little bit because they play so many different guards and they have so many small guys. But it's—if it, you get to the rim in this game at all, I think Tennessee will have a pretty easy time down low. And I, I don't see a way Tennessee loses to Mizzou at least in Thompson Bowling Arena. If it were at Mizzou Arena this year. I would say that Mizzou would have a pretty good shot, but it's not the case. Is it called Mizzou Arena? Yeah, Mizzou Arena. That's a horrible name. I know, man. It's so boring. Um, it's Dude, better than the Tommy I, Bowl. Though. I hope they nickname it the Zoo. That's, at at that's least much, tell me that. That's a much better name. Um, that is kind of it for this week. I think, you know, and you we can we can think about this. Um, I, I would like to, as we get closer to March, kind of add in some more stuff, you know. I feel like in the middle of the season, it's kind of tough to do. You know, beginning of the season, end of the season, it's easy to do like, oh, who's been the best coach, the best player? So I think we're kind of getting that realm where we can try to start doing it. And maybe like last couple of weeks, we, we do a little bit of our own kind of bracketology stuff and, and throw that in there. So we'll see hopefully some, some more interesting things at the end of the show. That'll be TBD, though. Um, so that's it for this week. No huge matchups for Tennessee coming up. But uh, but maybe a maybe a uh, must win game against Vanderbilt that it's going to be a, <laughs> a little tougher than others think. Um, but as it for this week, we will be back. Hopefully, recapping two wins. But uh, if my hunch is correct, we might be in some sorrows next Monday. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Around the world, y'all know this is so so dead.